What is a prophet? What is a prophet? In my experience, when people are asked that question, they normally respond by making some kind of reference to the predicting of future events. As if the primary mission, the primary function of a prophet is to tell us what will happen next week, next month, next year, either in our own personal lives or in the world as a whole. As if a prophet is some kind of divinely sanctioned fortune teller. Well, that's wrong. That's a false understanding of what a prophet is. That's a false understanding of what prophecy is. Biblically speaking, prophets were people who spoke for God. They were his emissaries, his messengers. And they spoke for God in the present moment and primarily about the present moment. At certain times, they spoke messages of consolation and hope. At other times, they spoke messages of rebuke and challenge, but always with respect to what was going on in the now. Yes, it's true, they did often refer to future events, but this was always with respect to what was happening in the present moment. They would say things like, God says bad things will happen because of what you are doing or what you are not doing now. So you need to change your lives for the better now. Thus their message was almost always conditional. Everything depended on how people responded to the word of God that the prophet had spoken to them. If they respond positively and change their lives for the better, they would experience God's blessings. If, on the other hand, they responded negatively and did not change their lives in a positive way, they would experience tragedy, heartache. Sometimes it was right away, sometimes it was a ways down the road. All that having been said, in today's first reading from the Old Testament book of Numbers, 72 elders, including two people named Eldad and Medad, speak prophetically. But this upsets Joshua, Moses' assistant. He doesn't think that Eldad and Medad should be prophesying since they were not with the other 70 when the Spirit came upon them. At that point, Moses utters the famous line, Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his Spirit on them all. Moses believed that everybody had the potential, potential to be a spokesperson for the Lord. And so it would not surprise Moses in the least that prophetic activity has continued in the world from his own time until our own. Nor should it surprise us. God always has his spokespersons. I ask you this morning, do you believe what Moses believed? Do you believe that each and every one of us in this church right now has the potential to be a prophet for Almighty God in the modern world? If you don't believe that, 
you should. In fact, we don't just have the potential to be prophets. We, as Catholic Christians, have the call to be prophets. And that call is rooted in the sacrament of baptism. The next time you're at a baptism ceremony, pay very close attention to what the priest or deacon says to the child, the words are directed to the child, after he anoints him or her with sacred chrism. He says, as Christ was anointed priest, prophet, and king, so may you live always as a member of his body, sharing everlasting life. One of the implicit messages in that prayer is, child, may you be a prophet in your earthly life teaching the gospel to other people, first by what you do, by your own example, but also by what you say. At this point, I'd like to share a little bit with you about my vacation, which actually is not off topic, as I will make clear in a few moments. Some of you know I spent from September 14th to the 23rd overseas. I went to see a friend of mine, Father Chris Mahar, who's from our diocese. He's from nearby Coventry. He's serving as a priest here, but he's studying two or three years out in Belgium at Louvain, the University of Louvain. He's getting a special degree there in moral theology. He's going to come back and probably be the moral theologian here in the diocese. Father Judy studied in Louvain. It's a great Catholic school that they've had there for many, many years. Bishop Fulton Sheen studied there. He did his doctorate at Louvain, obviously, many years ago. While I was there overseas, Father Chris and I did a lot of traveling, but we got to spend four very special days with a great woman. Don't worry, no scandal here. <laughs> this woman happens to be a prophet. A prophet for our time. Not only that, she's a prophet for every time, and every place, and every era of human history. And you all know this woman as well as I do. Her name is Mary. You see, aside from going to Paris and Notre Dame Cathedral there and to various places in Belgium, Father Chris and I got to spend four glorious days in Lourdes, France, where our Blessed Mother, back in 1858, appeared to a young girl named Bernadette Subaru. If you have the chance to go to Lourdes, do not pass it up. It is an extraordinary place. I love it there. And many people do. I read this week, I didn't realize, it's the largest pilgrimage site in the world. More people visit Lourdes than any other pilgrimage site on the planet on a yearly basis. Many of them, unfortunately, are sick, seriously sick, and dying. They go to Lourdes seeking a miracle cure for their illnesses, and thanks be to God, some of them get their wish. Many, many physical healings have taken place in Lourdes since our Blessed Mother appeared to Bernadette there. In the early 20th century, I read this the other day, a Nobel Prize winning doctor, Alexis Carell, got to witness two miracles himself, firsthand. He saw them happen. One was of a 24-year-old woman, the other of an 18-month-old boy. 
The cures that happen usually occur through the water that comes from the stream near the grotto where Our Lady appeared to Bernadette. I've been blessed as a priest to travel to a lot of holy places. I've been to Rome, seen all the great buildings, cathedrals there, the great basilicas. I've been blessed to go to the Holy Land and to a lot of other sacred shrines. But if you asked me what is my favorite religious shrine in the world, I would not hesitate to tell you, it's Lord's. If I had to pick a place to die, that would be near the top of my list. And I know many others who feel the same way. There is something very special about that place. There is a peaceful atmosphere that pervades the place. It's amazing. And the, one of the amazing things is it's even in the religious goods stores and the restaurants and the other public places you, in, you go into there. And that's not the case in Rome or the Holy Land. Sometimes those religious goods shops in Rome are like war zones. People are fighting and arguing. You don't find that in Lourdes. Again, the peace pervades the place. When I was there last week, I, I really prayed about this. And I, I said to the Lord in prayer, Lord, why do I love this place so much? Aside from the fact that there's so much peace here. And the thought came to me, and I trust it was from God. You love this place, Father Ray, because there is a great deal of misery here. And yet, very few people here are miserable. And that's so true. As I said, the sick and the dying are everywhere in Lourdes. And those people, believe me, are experiencing incredible misery. But they do not appear to be miserable. It is amazing. Those who go to Lourdes in that seriously ill condition, from my experience, seem to be blessed with a peace and an inner spiritual healing, even if they don't experience a complete physical healing or any physical healing at all. What a contrast to places like our local casino. And believe it or not, I had this thought when I was in Lourdes. I thought to myself, you know, here in this place, you have people in misery who are not miserable. At the casino back home, you have lots and lots of people who are supposedly having a great time. The wonder of it all. And they have the most miserable looks on their faces that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've only been to the casino 10 or 12 times, but I think you can pick up the general atmosphere there. Of course, what's most important about Lourdes and any other apparition site is not the physical healings that take place there, as great as they are. It's not the peaceful atmosphere that you might find there, as wonderful as that is. What's most important about Lourdes and Fatima and Guadalupe and all the other approved apparition sites in the world, what's most important are the messages that have been given to us in those places by Mary, our Blessed Mother. Mary, who comes to us in those settings as a prophet, as God's spoke, spokesperson. And her messages are always the same. She is an amazingly consistent woman. She always tells us to pray. And not just a few prayers every day, but to really pray. 
often, and from our hearts, not just with our lips. You know, you can get a parrot to pray, <laughs> to pray words. Mary says, pray with your heart. And of course, she does tell us to pray the rosary among all our other daily prayers to understand that the rosary is a great weapon against evil. And her message is always urgent about prayer. Pray to push back the darkness of this world. As we all know, there's a lot of darkness in the world. Mary tells us to lead a sacramental life. She tells us to seek personal holiness. She always talks about being faithful to Mass and about coming to Mass with the right attitude, which is not the let's get this over with quickly so that we can get on with the really important stuff in life attitude, which is what you find, unfortunately, in many Catholics. It's the attitude of, I'm here, Lord, feed me with your word, nourish me with your body and blood so that I can go out and be a prophet and be your witness in the world. Mary always talks about getting to confession regularly and confessing everything, not just some things, but everything we need to confess. And she talks about engaging in acts of self-denial, penance, and charity for reparation in reparation for our own sins, for the sins of the world, and to draw down the grace of God upon us and upon others. Like every true prophet, Mary speaks to us in the present moment about the present moment. And like a good prophet and a good mother, she warns us, she warns her children what will happen if we don't take her messages to heart. And her messages are the same messages contained in the Gospel of her Son. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for all of us. Pray that we will always take your prophetic and motherly messages seriously, realizing that you give them to us because you love us, and because you want what is best for us here on earth and also in eternity. Amen.